Hello everybody, Mike here, founder of Talk About It Mate. Yet again, another podcast, season two, episode nine. Uh, I love this one. Uh, we've had so many great guests recently, really pumped up to chat, chat to these great people. Uh, our guest today um, is Gwen Richards. Gwen runs Fighting Spirit CIC, which are an organisation based around resilience uh, for individuals and organisations and using the theme of boxing and it's something that you know ties into Gwen's personal journey. I find Gwen to be a really interesting and authentic and down-to-earth person and I heard her speak at an event and instantly I just thought yeah you're the right kind of person for me in this in this industry and I hope that that comes across through this chat and just to make this you know a little bit more exciting and spicy uh, we've added John from our network in, in as a co-host for this one, and I'm hoping to tempt John to be involved more in the podcast going forward because he just has so much natural talent and and charisma, and he'll hate me for saying this, but I'm just going to include this on the podcast. Uh, and it was just great to have him there, chipping in and, and offering his own insights. And really hope you enjoy this one. We're going to call it Fighting Spirit in honour of Gwen's organisation. Uh, but let, let me know your thoughts about resilience. You know, what is resilience to you? And, you know, what did you think of the podcast? I really hope that you all enjoy it. Take care. Two, uh, season two, episode nine of the Talk About It Mate podcast. Um, feeling, feeling quite pumped up today. It's a good way to start a podcast. So, um, one of the main reasons I am pumped up is because one of our collaborators in Talk About It Mate, uh, John is joining us as a co-presenter today. So hello, John. Hello, very happy to be here. I'm going to really big you up now, John. So John came into the community a few months ago and everyone brings a different part of their personality and it adds to what we have at Talk About It, mate. But for me personally, uh, it's really driven me on because when we've had our men's sessions and our facilitator sessions, like I brought something to the table and John's kind of matched me with that and it's helped me with my own self-awareness, and that's a big part of what we do as a peer support organisation. So to get John involved in the podcast, I'm going to try and call you Podcast John from now on. Um, <laughs> it's really important because it can be, weirdly, it can be quite lonely sometimes, and when you get someone else to do it with you, it, it, it helps you. So first of all, John, before you introduce yourself, can you check in? How are you feeling? Oh, I will demonstrate a check-in, yeah. Uh, I'm feeling, as you say, um, pumped up, and I like the, uh, the fitness analogy there as well, considering what we might be talking about. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling optimistic. I've had a, a trying week, um, but there's been a lot of support that I think before I came into the Talk About It Make community, I wouldn't have accessed or wouldn't have known how to access or understand. So I'm really appreciative of the journey I've already been on, and that's my sort of view of today given that context i suppose good man good man and i say we'll find out a bit more about you hopefully as this goes on and in future podcasts as well because i think by bringing different guys from our community into our podcast that's what we did in the first series with individual mm. stories but now we're getting outside guests like today it's good to bring in other people from our community to add to the conversation so thank you for that now moving swiftly on our podcast today is called Fighting Spirit, and our next guest is Gwen Richards, and she has a great surname, first of all. Uh, <laughs> I, met, I heard Gwen speak at Lloyd's uh, Bank event, and all about resilience and fighting spirit, so um, I'm going to let her introduce herself to the people in the Talk About It Make community. Hi, Gwen. 
Hello there, Mike and uh, John. Thanks so much for having me. Um, really excited. Um, yeah, uh, Fighting Spirit. Do you want me to explain how I set the business up and yeah, why? Yeah. Um, well, you've probably heard this before, actually, Mike. But I set up Fighting Spirit in 2017, following my own um, journey with poor mental health, which actually had I'd had throughout my whole adult life, really. Um, I didn't realise how bad I was um, until you're out of it, I think. I think after you can look back. And the, the, the turning point for me came when I'd really sort of had a bit of a breakdown and I'd gone back to my mum's living with my mum. And a friend of mine who was a boxer had said to me, um, why don't you learn and to teach boxing, non-contact boxing fitness? And I'd done a lot of exercise in the past, but not for a while, and I'd never picked up a pair of gloves. So I thought, well, not likely, you know, I mean, how will that, <laughs> how will that help me? But he was absolutely adamant, and he said, it'd be brilliant for you. You could do it from home, because um, I've got like an outbuilding. He said, it's a great location, um, and it would be good for your mental health. And I just wasn't convinced. And yet in this moment that I'd really kind of completely burnt out and crashed, after years and years and years, and you'll probably be able to relate to this, in my way of dealing with what I now know was poor mental health, was to be a workaholic. And it's almost like you're on an hamster wheel. Again, get off. You know, you just can't. You just keep going and going and going and going because it's the only way you function. Mm. So, and other people do it with alcohol, with food, with exercise, with work. There's always an excess involved when you're self-medicating. Yeah. So I'd done that for years and years and years and years, and, it, it, and I just completely burnt out. Um, and it was in that time when I actually stood still long enough that I thought, you know what, that might be quite a good idea. <laughs> said so, you know doing a bit of boxing you know what do I do so I literally googled how to become a boxing fitness coach and um Ricky Hatton's academy came up top and I thought oh well I've heard of him so it must be you know it must be a good place and as it happened luckily I'm based in Manchester and, and the academy's in Hyde so I rang up and again I think this is something else to learn is that I was actually really nervous and if the, the girl on the end of the phone wouldn't have been as kind and as accommodating and as friendly, I would have probably run a mile. So I think that's key to always think about how you speak to people because you never know what someone's going through. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I literally, it was Charlotte, she was one of his master trainers, and I literally said, look, used to exercise, haven't done any for ages, never boxed before in my life, but I'd like to teach it. Can you help me? <laughs> um, and she said, well, actually, you know, we do courses that the recognized qualifications. Um, if you do them and you come along, and you don't take to it, we won't just pass you, we'll help you through it. I will tell you straight, you know, so I booked on uh, with my mum in the background saying, book it, book it. So I booked on the fundamentals <laughs> and the advanced. I uh, showed up a couple of weeks later and bearing in mind I was really in a bad place and I just showed up and there was 23 of us, three women, and they were all boxers, personal trainers, martial arts experts. And I thought, oh my God, what am I doing here? Anyway, I thought, you know something, I'm here. 
and I just cracked on, took to it really well, uh, passed everything. And then the, the name, the name came that next. Um, I thought, how can I encompass? I'd had a vision in my mind for quite a long time that I wanted to do something where I would help people with their mental health, their self-esteem. Um, and I thought, how, how can I encompass that in a name? And it was actually a friend of mine over in Chester when I was chatting with her and, and talking, she just said, fighting spirit. So I, I can't take actually take credit for the name. Then mm. I had a little open day um, where I, I got a handful of clients. But what I will say is from that, that summer and me doing the qualification and starting boxing, my mental health took a huge turn. Um, and I, you know, I'm happy to say that from since uh, summer of 2017, I've been well. Um, fogs lifted that we, you know, I think so many people live with and mm -hmm. function. It, you know, the fog's either a bit grey, isn't it? Or it's completely black, depending. Um, and from then on, I just went from strength to strength. But what I noticed with the clients that I was working with was that their mental health improved. And I thought, I'm onto something here. And then it's just developed from there. So because of my background in training, development, um, motivational speaking uh, in a past life, We've developed also to run alongside the boxing, we've developed mental health awareness workshops with a bit of a twist. Um, and we've covered thing, things like general mental health awareness, building self-esteem, managing stress, um, dealing with anxiety, resilience, how to build it. You know, there's lots of different subjects and also um, supporting employers with creating a, a culture within their organisations that are conducive to good mental health. And we've done, you know, we do, we do charity events, we fundraise, um, we work with the NHS, we're, we're in the process of working um, to become a social prescription. So our core service is boxing, non-boxing, non-contact boxing, but we also do the workshops and we fundraise and you know we do quite a lot of media stuff and that's where i am and along the journey along the way <clears throat> over the last couple of years we've helped a lot of people seeing some wonderful results so um and we're now a community interest company like yourself mike uh, and we registered the name so that's where we're that's at now. congratulations that sounds like an amazing day. yeah like yeah. so much to do that but like you said about awareness and um but it seems like you're going beyond that now. It seems like you, you say you're providing people with the tools to manage their own mental health. I think that's a different step. Like I, I always say, well, anyone can raise awareness by sharing or liking or you know, yeah. telling somebody, which is really important. But the people who've been through it, like who work tirelessly like yourself, take it to the next level, I mm. think. Yeah. Yeah, I think lived experience is really important. I think that you know I, we, we all know that you know, every single person is an individual. You know, for example, you know, if you break your arm in a particular place, there's a universal way that that arm will be fixed for every person. However, with your mental health, every single person on the planet is an individual and will will see their and feel their experience of mental health through their own eyes. You know, there are every single person is different. 
However, I do think to have lived through it and have a lived experience, it gives you a level of um, empathy and understanding and compassion that perhaps, you know, someone who hasn't been through it wouldn't be able to understand because, you know, you can't quantify it, can you? You can't, um, it's, you can't really see it. There might be telltale signs, but it's such a complex individual um, situ situation that, you, you know, you just can't quantify it. I think it's interesting you you mentioned that someone who's been through it might be you didn't use these words but might be better placed or more suitable placed to to help others through it because of that experience i think that's a really interesting consideration i've had a lot of conversations about this myself in the last few weeks um i don't know whether that's true or not but it's it's interesting when you're thinking about people who are now helping people with mental health issues through different organizations a lot of the time their origin story does lie with their own struggles or their own endeavors or their own route through that maze. And yeah. I, I, listening to you say that just, just sort of cements that a little bit because it links into something else that I was thinking about when you were speaking, which is I, I know from my own experience and, and I think it's probably true of a lot of people that when we're feeling like we want to do something about mental health, we're just looking for a solution, something to fix mm. it. And like you said, with the arm analogy, there isn't, there isn't one way for you know you can't just go please give me the pill or please put my mind in a cast and let it fix yeah. you have to find what works for you so yeah. i think it's interesting that your route has led you down this particular fighting spirit organization through through non-contact boxing i'm glad you say non-contact because i'm interested in it and uh, if it was contacts <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure i'd be very suitable um i'm assuming i have a glass jaw <laughs> um so yeah just thought that was interesting yeah, well, yeah, it, it, it's very interesting. I think um, I think that when you come through, and again, I'm speaking from my my own experience, but also like yourselves, I've been speaking to lots of people who've um, had mental health challenges. Um, is that once you do come through it, it's almost like a it's like a, a miracle, because I think you know to live with any kind of mental health imbalance. It, it, it's it's horrific it's horrible and it doesn't discriminate anyone you know I mean I used to get people say well you know look you've got this you've got that you've got everything and actually a rational person or when you're thinking rationally from a good place you can look around and think well yeah look what I've got look how fortunate I, you know I've got this I've got that I've got friends you know I've got people who love me I've got a good job I've got you know all those things are supposed to you know supposed to um make you happy but when you're suffering with depression or any kind of mental health challenge you just don't see it do you you just do not see it you just don't see how fortunate you are and i think that's hard i think for people who don't understand that's really difficult to to get their head around because it's like well why don't you just pull yourself together you've got everything you know there's nothing but actually, you could have what appears to be everything in the world and you could still be ill, you know, and you could still. So I think it's about, you know, putting aside kind of preconceived ideas of what depression or And that, you know, that's a big umbrella with lots of things under that umbrella. Um, and for people to realise it's very much that part of you is ill as in your brain which is part of your physical makeup is is not well the same way that you might have a you know be an ill 
stomach or a you know a heart disease or diabetes you know you're not well and i think that's what people need to get into the head first and foremost um is that it's an illness and it's very real yeah. and the first first layer of that resilience i guess because it'd be interesting to hear more about that from you particularly gwen is just coping with that it's just mm. it's surviving with that is is a level of a base yeah. level of resilience and uh, it'd be interesting to hear more about what you would consider to be resilience and or fighting spirit beyond just surviving and, and how one can develop that through organisations such as yours. Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's lots of talk at the moment about resilience um, and it's something that we all have. And I think actually people should give themselves credit because we are all far more resilient than we think. You know, um, and I think that's a good starting point because that, of course, in itself gives you more resilience to think that you've got some. Um, I think that, you know, with all the, the, the research I've done and the people I've spoken to, um, and that includes psychologists and psychotherapists, um, there's actually nine skills that people who are quite resilient have. And if you develop them, these skills, it will help your resilience. Um, and if you look at them, first off, you wouldn't actually associate them immediately with resilience. But if you look at any person who tends to bounce back quite well, they probably practice these skills and, and develop these skills, perhaps even without realising. Would it be worth, sorry, go on, Mike. Just looking at the list now, because you did send us a list, and it's really interesting because I was thinking I could think of examples for all those nine things that I've done, even yeah. in the three months, but you don't realise you're doing them. So, no, yeah, exactly. I don't know what you think, John. Yeah, no, I, I, it's interesting, yeah, because he, these nine skills are a fundamental part of fighting spirit um, from what, what you sent through, which is, which is great, because as Mike said, some people I think have these innately and that makes them more resilient, but yeah. I guess maybe one of the objectives of, of your organization or would be to sort of instill or develop these qualities or skills in, in, in other people that might perhaps not currently associate with them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you know, at the end of the day, experience brings resilience as well, you know, and I think that when any ever, any of us have a have a, a real challenge that we have to face um, whether that be loss or trauma or sadness or whatever it might be or a redundancy even um, when we have these life challenges then when we come out the other side we are more resilient usually um, and I think one of the first things to do in any any situation my belief is is that you have to accept it yeah. You know, I'd accept it has happened. It is happening. Um, and I think once you accept it and you've got that acceptance there, that's the first step in moving forward yeah. in whatever that might be. Yeah. I like the one that jumps out for me is connection because obviously that's one yeah. of our, our things. But like you mentioned at the very beginning in your story, you know, you, you showed up, didn't you? I think you said, I showed up. So you made the call and, and they were welcoming but it takes that first step to show up to facilitate positive change. So like I met John through uh, man versus fat, fat man's football, you know, and then I first did it in London and I, I showed up in this room. I didn't know anyone. 
and like it sent me on a journey over mm. the last three years which is you know because I showed up that first time I didn't think to where I am now I just thought if I show up and step by step yeah, yeah you've got and to I... show up for yourself haven't you first yeah. you've got to be there for yourself I guess and then the rest will come Absolutely. yeah it's not all going to come at once is it yeah and that's really interesting um, what you said there Mike is that yeah step by step and I think that you know you could often we can be very overwhelmed and I think when you are um, having a mental health challenge, imbalance, you know, however you want to address it, um, everything can seem so huge, you know, even actually just leaving the house can seem so huge. However, whatever is our challenge or wherever we want to, to get, like you say, if we do it in baby steps, but if you actually take a step, that's a huge thing to do. You know, and 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 I know myself, and I don't about you guys how you felt or you felt when you've been um, in a in a you know a poor place. But you know, sometimes I literally felt like I couldn't get off the couch. Mm. I felt like my my whole body was attached to it, and you, your mind saying, "I should be doing this. I need to do that. I've got to do this," and you literally feel physically like you cannot move off the sofa. And that's how I felt. And you look back now and I look back and I think, my goodness, you know, it all seems so far removed. Mm. Yeah. It makes sense. Sorry, it makes sense as well to, to tie it in with the physical side of things. Like, so it's where the boxing comes in. Yeah. Because you, you, when you're pumped up, like, you feel like you can do more. And yeah. these good qualities come through. I don't know how you feel. Well, I think one of the things, and, and again, this is what we're involved with the mental health research centre we, we hope to do um, a study as to why non-contact boxing training is so powerful for mental health because it is proven to be a fantastic um, outlet to improve your mental health so we're, we're involved with Dr Amy Blakemore um, and, and her colleagues and we, we hope to, that, to get that going when they've got the funding um, However, my thought is that it's very powerful because as we know, when you, you're going through a challenge, you, your mind is chattering. It's, it's flying at 500 miles an hour. You're having 50 different conversations. You're thinking of a million different thoughts and you just cannot get any respite from it. And that then creates the mood, the low moods and the anxiety. When you're boxing, you have to focus because if you didn't you'd injure yourself or the, or the trainer. So you go from having a racing mind to suddenly not thinking about anything else, but what you're actually doing in the moment. So it's a, Oh, sorry. Sorry, Gwen. Go on. Sorry. It is actually a thought. It's mild, mindfulness through exercise. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. I, I get yeah. a, a similar sensation. Cause I have to say, I, after reading about fighting spirit and things like that, I was like, yeah, I'd be really keen to try that actually. Cause I mean, Mike's already discussed that he thinks that boxing would be something that he'd be. I did uh, a class. I loved it. Yeah. I loved smashing the pads and just having a great time. <laughs> oh, well when we can, you'll have to come over and have, have a session. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds I'm, good. Yeah. We I'm, could pretty, do it. I'm pretty strong actually. I take some punches from some pretty big guys. So <laughs> I think we should, we, we could arrange possibly a, a talk about it, mate. Uh, facilitators session or something that'd be good oh, to see. Be see, yeah. see who's got the strongest punch but i think i, I 
<laughs> it won't be me, I guarantee. But going back to what Mike said about uh, man versus fat football, I have a very similar sensation when I play football, which is it's, it's yeah. incredibly mindful for me. So I can completely, yeah. without ever having really done any boxing whatsoever, um, I can completely understand how that would be a similar thing. And, and I tend to agree. I think anything that takes you into a mindful place, just yeah, even for that powerful. period of time, yeah, it's so powerful. And the, the yeah. effect does last, last afterwards. And I think yeah. building a routine around those sort of mindful activities is, is definitely something that, that's helped me anyway. And I would massively encourage it to other people. So I guess in that vein and about talking about showing up for yourself and just showing up, um, if, if people were thinking about showing up to fighting spirit and things like that, what, have you got any words to say to, to like, what's, what's the experience like, I guess? I'm sort of asking for myself, I think. Um, but for the for the for the non-contact bit boxing, I mean, where I do individuals, I do one-to-one classes, but I'm also um, when the, the lockdown is is eased, um, going to be working within the community and running community classes. And we've already got, I've already been devising um, workouts where it can all be done around shadow boxing um, if we have to maintain the social distance. Um, because that in itself is, is still very powerful. But the first, the, the, you know, the thing that's always at the forefront of my mind whenever a, some, a, a new um, family, we like to say, you know, a new person comes into the fold, is that I make them feel comfortable. It's not just about the boxing experience, it's about how we, we make them feel. Because the whole point is that we help and support them to start to build their self-esteem to feel better about themselves and to try and um, take steps forward in their recovery. So it's the whole experience. Um, I mean, initially I would, you know, obviously we do a consultation, we find out, you know, their medical history, what they want to achieve. And then, you know, we work out their fitness levels and take it from there. And then I build classes around their ability um, and then we work, we work on the, the, the mental side as well as the, the, the physical side. So it's a whole experience, really. That's where we, you know, we kind of set ourselves aside from others. <laughs> I want to do, do it now. I'm really like jumping. <laughs> um, but what you said there, I think it, when it kind of goes nicely into how you help organisations as well, because I've, I've read a bit up on this about culture in an organisation is massively important. And on one of the Man V Fat podcasts, they had a doctor, Damien Hughes, and he did a book about Barcelona and their culture and how they were so successful. And it could be used in other organisations. And right. I really greatly used the word culture because like, when the organisation has a good culture, surely the mental health of its people involved will be more purposeful and more enjoyable. No? Yeah. And I think, and I've had this conversation with, you know, various um, like CEOs and, and, and senior management um, individuals where I've kind of said, you know, it's all well and good to send people, you know, you could send 50, 50 staff or 50 team members on a mental health course, mental health first aid, and I'm just using that as an, as an example, which I think is fantastic and it has its place, but there's no point in them then coming away with that knowledge if the culture of the business does not support you know, an environment that is conducive to good mental health. 
And as you said there, Mike, you know, when a, when a business is set up, if you think about health and safety, and it's, it's geared around physical safety, usually. But like you say, when a, there should be mental health standards. And I think that will come. Um, I think it will take time, but there'll be, you know, mental health standards that, you know, and there'll be inspectors that come round, and there'll be, um, you know, processes and protocols that will have to be carried yeah. out by each company. And, you know, which I think is a long time coming, but it, it will happen. Um, and the so kind of the experience that I've had so far is that, you know, companies are into going to different groups. You get the companies who really aren't interested you know, in, in looking at the mental health amongst colleagues. Mm -hmm. Then you get the, the companies who really want to do something and they haven't got a clue. How do we go about it? And then you get the other group who are really on it and really switched on. So, and as you said earlier, Mike, it's very easy to look like you're, you know, you, you, you're supporting and you're raising awareness and you're ticking boxes, but it's actually action and understanding and empathy that, that, you know, will set a company apart. Yeah. Um, Rather than a, st a sticking plaster for a problem, yeah. what yeah. we want to try and create, and, and this is why when we talk about mental health and what you do, what I do, it's for everybody because everybody's got mental health and it comes under the umbrella of what yeah. we call early intervention. Yeah. And it, it should just come under the umbrella of health. Like yeah, you're looking absolutely. at your health by knowing what the triggers of stress are, by knowing all these things. So the things that you we provide, you provide, Mm. everybody can benefit from and this is yeah. i feel like i'm banging my head against a brick wall sometimes because some yeah. people be like oh well like, you know i'm not going to come to your groups because i don't feel that like i'm at a bad time in my life and i'm like well no but that you'll have way more impact if you come in at it and a good time of your life mm. Mm. completely agree i wish i'd known about things like fighting spirit and talk about it mate when i felt like my fog was not particularly great i mean everyone's we talked about fog before as in depression and how it's, it's either gray or it's black or it's whatever. And I think completely agree that um, when I've been in the midst of a good culture that actually focuses on those sorts of things, it's strengthened me to be able to have that resilience when the times have been difficult. I think it's when you go through prolonged periods of time when you haven't had that support yeah. that you find your resilience levels just completely drop off a cliff. Um, you're isolated aren't you isolation yeah. Is yeah. isolation yeah and it is a very isolating place to be isn't it when you you know you are suffering you know and you are in this fog it can be very very isolating and that in itself is enough to compound it as you yeah. say and you feel worse i think it's almost worse when you do get those cultures and I, i've worked in a lot of places i've had a, a very uh, weird and wonderful background but um when you get those places that purport to be interested in your mental health and will say things and will 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 say we're really interested in in this and you know it's really important to us your health your occupational health your mental health but actually it's clear from their actions and from the sort of axioms that they're building that on that it's it's not true it's, you'd rather they were almost honest and say we don't really care about your mental health <laughs> just so you yeah. know just so you're aware yeah. um yeah. we're just doing this to look good or we're just doing this yeah. so that we don't get uh, in any trouble yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, I've come across a couple of large organisations, obviously I won't mention any names, who appear to have launched national in initiatives and been absolutely done nothing, <laughs> you know. So it's, um, it, I think there's still a way to go, but it's great that we're talking about it more. Um, it's great that, 
people becoming more understanding because I do think that you know more and more and more people um, were realizing a suffering I think that now every one of us has either suffered ourselves or when someone close to us have yeah. so you know it's an epidemic Absolutely. I think the whole kind of theme that I'm getting from this behind it all for me, I always look for like, what's the elephant in the room? Elephant in the room. For me, authenticity and genuineness and people yeah. hide behind the way they think they should behave in society. And like you say, the way companies act or people online act or people in general who you perceive to have it all together. But ultimately, it, it makes you have to be, make yourself quite vulnerable to be authentic and genuine. And, yeah. and within two or three minutes when I heard you speak, at an event, I didn't feel like that about all the other speakers, but I felt like that about what you said, because you're down to it, if you're genuine, you're authentic. And it, the way you even talk about mental health, it, it packages it very nicely for a wide audience. And ultimately, you're, you're going to affect change, aren't you? And what does genuineness mean to you, like authenticity? I don't think you can actually put your finger on it, to be mm. honest, Mike. I think, it's, it, I think you can usually just get the feeling whether someone's genuine and authentic and coming from a place of you know being being authentic um you know i could say well I, you know there's no particular <laughs> formula I, I you know i'm just myself and i've lived there i've been it's lived experience as you are mike and i'm sure you know john you're involved with with mike's project Absolutely. we're doing it from a from a from a place of genuinely wanting to help people because we don't want other people to feel anyway like we have you know i mean i if i could i said to you on the phone the other day my you know if i could it sounds quite contrived but it is honestly genuine from the bottom of my heart if i can help just one person and help and support them so they don't feel anything like i felt then i've done my job yeah absolutely you know? and that is the pure driver and purpose of what i'm doing i'm doing it because i, I want other people to realize that you can come through it and i think that you know we're on a spectrum aren't we uh, you know let's say 10 is when you're feeling absolutely amazing and you know you get to one and that is when people are very 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 ill um with with the mental health and i think most people function between the five and the ten but then a lot of people function below the five but do function and they go to work and you know they carry on and they i want to actually show people and say look you don't have to be functioning at five you can be living your life at eight nine ten and you can come through it you really can you know i want to sort of give a message of hope that you can get through so i believe that you can either manage your symptoms so you have a quality of life or you can recover there are going to be obviously going to be cases where people are very ill and you know they, they will never be able to to do that but i think if we look if we're generalizing i think that you know you that's the message i want to get across is that you can come through it that's a great message and one, one yeah. that i'm delighted to hear i think you mentioned it before <laughs> You mentioned it before about when you just stopped and I think it's it's for some people it's that notion of I know it's something we've talked about and talk about it mate that actually to stop just having palliative care for your mental health where you just 
you know, coping and actually to do something about it and, and recover, you need to break the cycle and, and show up for it. Like, like we've discussed, you know, do, do something about it and take advantage of the support and the, the organizations and the connections that are out there and, 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 and that's take really, that first step. Sorry, John. No, no, um, I was just saying take that first step with, and then see and what I follows. Think- I think so. you'll remember this, Mike. Um, it was, I think it was uh, Andy from Andy's Man Club mentioned this. And I actually, oh, she's a nice bloke, yeah. Yeah, I actually thought about what he said, and he, he's absolutely right. Um, that we have to take responsibility for our mental health the way we take responsibility for our physical health. You know, as you said, it's all one physical men- mental health. It, it is one. It's who, it's we are, who we are as a, as a person um and you know what you were saying there john about showing up and taking a step that is taking responsibility you know because i also have you have to think and again now i'm through it i can think like this but at the time when i was in it i didn't is that we have to look at how our behavior when we are suffering with a mental health challenge affects the people around us because it does you know, and I look at how I took things out on my mum because she's the closest person to me. And she's a wonderful, amazing person who's got so much compassion and patience, let's just say, in bucket loads. Um, but I also look at my, you know, I've got amazing friends and I look at my relationships with them. And actually, it did affect my relationships with them. I look at partners and how it's affected relationships um colleagues it is it actually does affect a wide circle um and i think it's about taking responsibility for that and looking at yourself and first and foremost taking responsibility and thinking well you you know i deserve to be well so i'm going to start taking the actions to become well but i also don't want to be affecting excuse me the people around me the way i've been doing you know, and, and that kind of helped me as well think, well, actually, I'm not just, a, I'm not the only one suffering here. The people around me are. Yeah, that's responsibility. And, and one yeah. of the, one of those skills that we were, the nine skills, which I'll list in a, at the end, but uh, yeah. acceptance, acceptance is that very hard one. I mean, I'm studying to be a counsellor. I had to do quite an intense, like, personal development essay yesterday. And I've done this timeline of the past five years of my life from when I had a nervous breakdown to now. And um, the acceptance now, because of all these skills I'm getting, because I am in a place of wellness, I can go back and view all these events through a different lens and I can completely accept why I did those things instead of beating myself up about those things. And and, and now I can move forward. And instead of being scared of making a mistake and going back to the way that I was, I realised through that process that I was actually very, very scared of being myself because being myself that I am now, I've actually been very successful in my endeavours. And that's really scary compared to, because, you know, oh, I'm just going to fail. That's like a a default, like an excuse almost. But I'm going to succeed. That's even more scary. Absolutely. And and it's a really interesting point that, Mike, because your comfort zone is your comfort zone. And if it's uh, unhealthy, you know, depressed, you know, not living life to you know, the full capacity that you can. It's still a comfort zone. And it is so scary 
to step out of your comfort zone you know and that's and that's where it comes down to taking responsibility for your mental health i mean i again know people and have worked with people who are quite happy to stay within that that sort of negative cycle because it's going to be too too scary too painful too hard to step out of it but when you start to face your demons and to heal and to come through it, it is scary it's hard but once you get out the other side it's wonderful so you i mentioned... think it's sorry go on. no you mentioned it before Gwen. i think what you're describing in some ways is that addiction almost to our yeah. our uh, our pain in, mm. in that respect like i know that i have I think we might have used the word self-medicated through, you know, different things, whether that be actions or, you know, food and going out or certain social norms or whatever it might be. Like, I think we become addicted to our own suffering and it, and it yeah. is a very painful process it to is. step away from that. Um, and I, 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 can, I just think it's really interesting. I completely agree. And I was thinking this throughout, but the, the notion of how do we define that we're, we've come through it and that we're healed and that we're in a better place or as, as you both described a place of well-being is that acceptance and accepting who you are um i think that's the journey for me that i think i'm going on right now is coming to say this is who i am that's okay and it, it it's not manipulating or modifying myself to suit someone else's agenda i think that's really really interesting to, to contemplate powerful. Very powerful. Yeah, I, I mean, we could do it a completely separate podcast about. Oh things. yeah, absolutely. We can get you back for hours. <laughs> hope we can get you back on in the future, Gwen. And yeah, we'll definitely hope to link up, uh, talk about mate with uh, fighting spirit. But uh, I'm just going to list these skills, and then I'll let you sign up by telling people how they can get hold of you. But the nine skills to strength and resilience: composure, patience, optimism, gratitude acceptance, kindness, sense of purpose, forgiveness, and connection. Yeah, those are, yeah. And again, if you looked at those, you wouldn't immediately associate those with, with resilience, would you? No. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that goes back to sort of a, almost a toxic masculine approach to what we think of toughness and resilience to be. Yeah, I mean. yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Got that coming up on a future podcast, actually, yeah. So uh, if people want to get a hold of you, Gwen, um, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find you? Um, well, we're on all social channels. So um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, we've got a website, or we're just in the process of having a wonderful new website built, as you know. Cause Good you know, website you know. builders, yeah. Yes, brilliant. Right and Rebel, a shout out there. Um, and phone number as well. Can I give out the phone number? Yeah. 0161 um, And that comes through to myself or one of my um, team members. Um, so yeah, and our web website is www.fightingspirit.org.uk and our um, socials are at Fighting Spirit and at Fighting SHQ. Yeah, I'll post all them on the thing and I've got a good picture I found of you when I've Googled before, Gwen, of you with the oh, box of gloves on. Oh, so, right. But we can hope we've got your consent to use that one because it really uh, packs the punch. <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> and on that note, 
<laughs> I, really, I really enjoyed that. I, I, you're a yeah. friend of the Talk About a community. Feel free to share anything on our Facebook group. We have a closed one, which is good as well. So, mm. you know, we hope to keep in touch with you, Gwen. So thank you very much for coming oh, on. Oh, thanks, yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And you, John, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. I'm very grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful to be a part of it. Look forward to, uh, to speaking with you again going in the future and being a part of these podcasts for a long time to come. Definitely. And Gwen, you're going to do your own podcast, I've heard. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that, actually. All right, we'll talk about it soon All right, after, we, after we finish. All right, then. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, then. Bye. 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 That, was, that was really good, guys. Thank you very much.